Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Welcome back, everyone, to the Level Up podcast, where we're taking you from agent to entrepreneur. And I have got, uh, we've got a great show lined up. Greg Harrelson is with us, of course. Welcome back to the show, Greg. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, you know, organizing all these things and keeping the keeping me straight. Um, and I'm excited. As you said, we've got an exciting guest. And and um, go ahead and introduce him. And let's not waste any more time. Let's get right right into the meat of the, uh, the conversation. Absolutely. So we have a great guest, as I said, Richard Robbins from our northern neighbor up in Canada. Richard, thank you for hopping on the show. And we're, we're excited to have this conversation with you. Well, I appreciate you having me here today. It's wonderful to be with you. Absolutely. So one of the things that uh, for those of you that may not know Richard, I'm going to let him kind of introduce uh, himself. But what we're going to talk about today is really service and how do you take your customer service level up a notch going into the new year and trust level? So how do we ultimately monetize service and trust? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Richard, if you could just uh, give everybody who doesn't know you, maybe just a brief intro and kind of your background of what you're doing now with Richard Robbins uh, International, the coaching company. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, actually, there's a very familiar logo behind you guys, because I started with Century 21 All right. in uh, Peterborough, Ontario. It's about 90 minutes uh, north of Toronto, where I, I live in Toronto today. So I was 24 years old, and I sold real estate there with uh, Century 21 for three years. And then I actually moved up to uh, northern Toronto, and I opened a real estate company. And that was in, uh, I started real estate 85, that was 1988. And I had the company for about nine years um, and we built it up. I can tell you the crazy stories about, you know, born on MasterCard to pay Visa and born on Visa to pay MasterCard back in the first three years I was in business. And uh, I learned a lot through the school of hard knocks, but uh, we started to figure some things out. And my partner at the time, his name is Dana Richard, who actually still with me today. And he runs our whole coaching division in, in our company. So we've been together for getting close to 40 years, believe it or not, in one capacity or another. And um, so we started to train and coach our agents. And we found that by training and coaching our agents, they were becoming more productive. They're becoming more productive. We're becoming more profitable. And uh, and coaching at that point was really new. The word wasn't used in the real estate space. It was used in sports. So anyway, you know, we ended up selling that company. When we sold it, we had the highest production per agent uh, of any company on a trading area by three. So our agents were crazy productive. And uh, and I thought to myself, well, if 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 I could, you know, have a business instead of just a small office, and we were a relatively small office of about twenty five people, uh, and if do that for more people. And that's sort of the inception of Richard Robbins International. So for 21 years now, we've been doing this. And uh, our our primary business is one-on-one coaching. I have coaches all over North America that uh, that work with everybody one-on-one. And then we also do some public uh, events. Uh, We used to do 13 a year. I used to do nine down in the U.S. um, And I did, uh, you know, three in Canada. I used to do one in South Africa. But you know, about uh, 12 years ago, my wife and I decided to pull it back a little bit. It was just way too much. So we do two major events now, both in Canada, Vancouver and Toronto. And of course, this year they've uh, turned into virtual events. So that's sort of, uh, in a nutshell, that's sort of my story. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, you know, so, you know, we talked about, you know, whenever I have somebody that's more in the coaching industry, you know, as, as a guest, I always like to kind of figure out, okay, what are you hearing? Right. Like we have, um, you know, our, 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 our sites on certain conversations, especially being inside the company, you know, we're thinking about lead generation strategies, you know, online leads, what's the best uh, practices for things like that. Um, but I just wanted to just kind of throw it out to you and see, where what are you hearing in the in in the real estate agent world as a coach that you feel like um hey this needs to be this needs some attention um so what are your thoughts on that and and um you, you know where do you see that agents probably need the most information right now yeah it's it's such a good question because i i see tremendous uncertainty in our industry right now by the agents and of course some brokers and the reason um I think we're, we're, we're seeing that is um, we've got a lot of tech companies getting involved in real estate. And a lot of these tech companies are very, very well funded. Um, you know, whether we can talk about iBuyers, you know what I mean? We can, you know, talk about when, you know, Zillow sort of came on and they got into the lead generation business in a really big way. And I think the agents are always concerned, well, you know, what's going to happen? You know, where's our play in all of this? We've seen downward pressure on commissions, of course, and, and we're probably going to continue to see that. And the more I think about it, especially when I studied the National Association of Realtors, uh, they come out with sort of a, uh, you know, a survey that they do every year. And they generally release, I think, the first part around February of every year. And, and I started looking at where the business was coming from in real estate. What I found was really interesting is I would have thought there was going to be less repeat referral business happening, right? So let's say there was, you know, of all the deals, you know, 55% was repeat referral. You know, you got a couple percent open houses. We can go on and on about where people are getting all their business, right? And you got online lead gen and all that. But what I discovered when I started looking back was I said, it's actually getting larger, which is really interesting. Now, not, not dramatically by a few percentage points, right? So it's actually higher now the repeat me for a business than it has been at least as far back as I could go look, which I think was 15 years or so. So I look at that and I said, well, interesting. Cause I think if you ask most agents, they think there'd be less of that because of all this online lead gen. They're going, Oh no, you know what I mean? Like people just, you know, they go online, they see an ad, they see a house, they respond to the listing agent. And right. And now we're just playing this massive numbers game. But I, I really believe that's actually not the case. So I look at it and say, well, if you have tech companies that really, are going to have trouble building deep relationships, right? Because they have to be transactional. A tech company has to be transactional. Um, then there's, a, there's the opposite side of that, which I think there's a massive opportunity, and that's related to customer service. So back in 2005, I wrote a book called Deliver the Unexpected. And, uh, and part of, you know, one of the truths in the book that I talked about was, you know, one of the keys to success is all of us need every day to deliver the unexpected. And if repeat and referral business is going up, then I see it being more important than ever before. And I look at it and saying there's three parts to that. A lot of people think, oh, delivering great customer service is what I do when I'm working with the buyer and seller. And I said, well, no, I think delivering great customer service is what you do before you actually get the listing signed. It's also what you do during when you have the listing. And it's also what you do post after the listing. And the reason for all of that is because I think what we all want to do is we want to figure out a way that we can, we can turn the people that we know and the people we've done business with into advocates, right? Because having an advocate is the highest level of a relationship. You know, you, you have a customer that's satisfied. That doesn't mean they'll do business with you again. 
Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but it doesn't mean they will. You know, the second degree of a relationship, you know, I believe is loyalty. Now, if somebody's loyal, they're probably going to do business with you again, but that doesn't mean they're going to refer business to you because it is a big deal for somebody to say, you're thinking of selling your house, you got to call Greg. Like that's a risk for people to take. So how do we get people to take that risk is, well, we got to turn them into advocates, which is a highest level of a relationship. And when you have an advocate, you have people that stand for you. You have people that say, listen, you know what I mean? You're, you're going to, you want to buy a house. You got to call Brendan right away. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I see is the great opportunity. It's a big part of our teaching. It's a big part of the way, you know, we help our coaching members build their businesses. And I'm not saying that online lead gen isn't a great play. I'm not suggesting that at all, but I see it as a secondary play, right? Because we all know that, you know, if you've got a hundred, 200, 300, 400, a thousand advocates in the world that are selling you every time they see an opportunity, well, that's better than you waking up every day trying to sell yourself, right? So that's where I'm seeing the big opportunity right now. And it's almost, it's almost, you know, old school has become new school. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, it's, 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 look, I've been selling real estate for, you know, 20 plus years, about 25 years. And I came into the business with my dad and I remember my dad, you know, really talking about customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but there's also been a, a, a period of times in my career that no one's talking about customer service. And the reality is, is that not a lot of people are talking about it right now. And, and I think um, sometimes the industry will look at some of these tech companies and say, well, the tech companies are getting away with not really having real high touch type of customer service. They're automating everything, right? And so a lot of times I see agents will try to figure out, well, how do I follow the tech company's lead? If the tech company is going to automate the customer service, then I can too. So people are running to chat bots and, you know, all these different, you know, automation tools, which by the way, I think we should be looking at tools and we should be staying current with technology. But as, as that takes place, we seem to forget about that touch. And um, I like that you're talking about this again, because when we move too far on one side, when we move too far away, then it makes like that customer service and attention to customer service much more desired by the consumer. So the further away we get from it, the more we miss it. And um, so that, that's great. I'm glad you're bringing that back to the conversation. Another thought that I had here is, and maybe you can touch on this as maybe you can give us some examples and what does this really look like? Um, but I, I just, as you were talking, I wrote down, you know, we got to remember that a client, a, a client that we have, or somebody's the centers of influence of ours, they make an investment in us. We make an investment in them but we sometimes forget that they actually are making an investment in us to work with us. Now, I'm not talking about the financial investment. I'm talking about the emotional investment. They tell us things that they probably don't want to have to repeat to 30 different real estate agents and 20 different technology companies. They're telling us their mortgage balances. They're telling us like why they really want to make this move. They're like telling us things that are a little bit personal. And when they make that investment, emotional investment in us, they would love it if they could just continue to work with us and not have to repeat 
that story again and again and again. So I just wanted to throw that out there, that mm-hmm. consumers wanting us to do multiple transactions with them, us, but somehow real estate industry has just lost sight of that. So any thoughts on that? And then maybe get into like, what does this really look like? Like, how can I improve my customer service? Well, like the, the big word is trust, right? They say that the number one the number one question that a buyer or seller will ask himself before making a decision is who can I trust? Which makes sense. This is, you know, probably their largest asset and they're buying or selling their largest asset. This is a big deal, right? And a lot of things can go wrong. And I sometimes think that, you know, maybe, you know, because we do it every day, um, it doesn't look complicated to us, but it looks very complicated to them. They don't understand the marketing act, but what happens when I lose, right? So when I hear customer service, here's here's a here's one example. I can give you a couple examples, but I'll give you one. So Kim Heisman, she's one of our coaching members, amazing lady. She lives in, in Western Canada. So what she does is, and she uses technology. And this is what's really cool is technology is beautiful because technology can make you more efficient if it's used properly. And it can help you uh, deepen relationships without always have to be in person. So what she does uh, when she lists a house that uh, she does a video, she uses bomb bomb, right? You probably heard of bomb bomb. She uses bomb bomb video and she does a quick bomb bomb. And she tells him, she said, uh, so here's exactly what's going to happen over the next 72 hours. Right. And of course, then she does this really cool video, uh, takes them through the whole process, whether it's, you know, staging or, you know, what has to happen, signs going up, you know, price can be marketed here, here's when it's going to hit the market, all that sort of thing. Um, and then her staff takes over because she does have a team, then they take over. Then three days later, she records another video, first thing in the morning, sends it out to them. Okay, here's all the things that have happened. And, and, and so when this what she's doing is she is managing these people's expectations. And a big part of customer service is because we do it every day. We think everybody knows how it works. Mm-hmm. Most people have no idea what goes on behind the scene. And I look at it and say, I think as part of customer service, it should be our responsibility to at least communicate to all these, these clients that have, as you said, Greg, invested in us uh, about what's going on behind the scenes. Because they want to know. They don't understand it like we understand and sometimes we we look at it as being simple. They look at it as go, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden they see all this work you're doing, right? When they see all this work you're doing, it's like, you know, I, I talk about, you know, say you've got a listing appointment as an example. And, you know, whether you call or send an email, send a text, send a video the day before um, and just say, and boy, I, I so look forward to getting together with you tomorrow at four o'clock. You know, I really appreciate the opportunity to meet with you. I know you have a lot of real estate sales professionals to choose from. Uh, and I want you to know that I've gone to a lot of work to get ready and list some of the things you've done to get ready for that appointment. Well, there's, there's a less chance they're going to cancel. Cause what do they think? They think you don't do anything to get ready. You just show up at their door. Well, that's not the case, right? So you take them through that and then they're going, wow, boy, this person's done a lot to get ready. So number one, there's a less chance they're going to cancel. Number two, they start to see value in you. And every time you communicate, you know, what it is you're doing behind the scenes, and this is just one example I'm giving you, that they start to see more value in you. And we know that 90% of people will pay more as long as they see value. 
Yeah. yeah. I, so I wrote down transparency. So just, you know, um, not that we were ever withholding anything and we need to now become transparent. I'm using transparency from the standpoint of like, hey, why don't we just start sharing what we're really doing? Because there is a complete disconnect on I get a new listing today. Um, there's a lot of things that have to be done before we even get it launched to the MLS. Right. But they don't know that. They're asking, well, when's it going to be in the MLS? When's it going to be? In the, is it in the MLS yet? Or they're looking to see if it's like on Zillow yet, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and then the longer that goes, then the more impatient they get, the more uncertainty kind of like drifts in. And then they start right. wondering, well, is my agent even doing anything? Have they forgotten about me? And, and just that one little bit of just being a little bit more transparent about what you're doing mm -hmm. in the different mm -hmm. stages will take somebody from, um, from uncertainty to certainty. And we know that that's a big deal. Yeah. Brendan, I think yeah. you were going to chime in. I'm sorry. I kind of, I, I, I interrupted you, but that's what right. Were you say? No, I noticed um, it, there was a post. You had a post on um, your Facebook page uh, maybe in the last week or so, and it was about trust and communication. But then your comment, which was a good, a good quote, but then your comment about the quote was, you should trust technology to amplify what you already do. Don't rely on it to do the communication for you. And that's, right. that's what I'm hearing you say right now. That's a huge part of the disconnect right now, people are listening in technology is great, but it doesn't take over maybe what you're not already doing. It's use it to, to enhance it, use it to optimize what you're already doing. And that's a great example. We all know we have to future pace our clients, what's happening. But if we're doing it that way, that's using technology to enhance that, gain the trust quicker and deeper versus just saying, you know what, I'm going to send them a video so I don't have to talk to them about everything that's going to happen from this point on. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, the video can be done. What would it take you two, three minutes? Right. You, know, you sit in your office like we're doing right now. You record a quick video, send it out to them. And that if you dial that telephone, that conversation is going to take a while. Uh, so it's, yeah, technology is yeah. beautiful. Like I absolutely love technology. The difference that I see is that there's companies out there that, and I don't want to say they're trying to eliminate the aging because I don't necessarily think that's the case in, in, in some areas possibly. And we don't know how this is all going to wash out yet because there's all kinds of these new companies out there, right? Uh, and we don't know where it's going to end up. Um, but you, you look at sort of iBuyers as an example. Well, you know, iBuyers say, well, yeah, you know, we'll make you an offer on your house. And if you like the offer, you can close in seven or 14 or 30 days or whatever you want and you're out. And obviously those people are actually taking a little bit less for their home. They have to, or the, obviously it wouldn't work, right? The, the, the technology company couldn't survive. Uh, so there's gotta be a margin in there. And I understand that some people are going to take that route. You know, there's some people that they just want out. They want nothing to do with the pain points. Right. And, and that's fine. Those people, if you're a full service realtor, let's call it that, well, that's not your customer. That's totally okay. There's a place for that too. There's a place for everything, right? Uh, but I look at it and say, you know, as a real estate agent, a professional, if you're out there every day, man, I, I, I honestly see bigger opportunity today than ever to separate yourself, which yeah. I think is the coolest thing in the world, right? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because the agents are seeing the technology and wanting to use that and in, in, in step further away from connection at the same right. time that we're, that we're upset because technology is coming in and forcing the pressure on, on your compensation. So we want, we still want to keep the compensation, but then we're like, well, we want to back away from all this yeah. connection and stuff. Yeah. And this is the time to double down. That was really well said. I totally agree with that. 
Yeah, that was good. You know, you mentioned um, uh, the customer service is not just about when you're working with them. You mentioned something mm -hmm. I thought was really cool. You know, you got to be thinking customer service pre-sale, mm -hmm. during sale, and post-sale. So can you yeah. give us like breaking those three categories down? Can you give us an example of like maybe a strategy or, or, or a tip on, on something we can do to improve customer service in each one of those areas? Yeah. So uh, one example, I, I, I tend to use a lot of my clients because they're the ones yeah. doing it, right? I'm not Absolutely. out there every day, but I get to see what they're doing. So there's a gentleman by the name of Ralph Sancio. And this guy, his, his team is called the Helping You Move Team. Like the name says it all. Like yeah. when I say helping you move this guy, whatever it is you need, he's going to get it done for you. Right. So if you need some work done in the house, don't worry. Ralph's got it all covered. He's not paying for it, but he's going to get it all covered. But I, he, he, he does these open houses and these open houses are mind blowing open houses. And this is such a simple, right. Idea that I think everybody can relate to. So he'll pick an open house, obviously. And uh, what he'll do is uh, he'll, you know, market the open house. He'll use, you know, social media. Uh, he'll, you know, door knock, you know, both sides of the house. His team will go out across the road. And then he starts with a VIP open house an hour before the public open house, only for the neighbors, right? Only for the neighbors. So there was a, I, again, I can't remember where the study was done, um, but it said that 50, 57% of people um, that go to an open house that live close by are considering possibly moving. Doesn't mean they will move, but they're considering it. So that means he has this VIP open house that 57% of those people walking in, right, are possibly thinking of moving. But it's the way he does the open house. Like he has three people at every open house. He literally has iPads sitting on top of the dining room table. Uh, so the kids can watch movies while the parents are going through the house if they bring kids in. Like, I mean, you know, he's got all the information about the neighborhood, transportation, and possible zoning, anything about that neighborhood sitting out so people can all this information, all copied, they can take it with them. Of course, he's got wine and cheese and coffee and soda water and food. I can go on and on. And in the summer, he has the barbecue going because up here in Canada, we only got six months of season where you can do that. So he has a grill going in the backyard. He's got burgers. He's got hot dogs. Like, this is an event an actual event that he puts on, right? And then, of course, you know, then he has the public open house after that. So my theory is this. If you walked into an open house of Ralph's, and I've, I've actually gone to them because he's not far from where I live because I wanted to have the experience myself. Uh, when you walk in there and you see the way that he does that open house, if you were thinking of selling, you think you might call him in to price your house? Yeah, it's got to be good. on the yeah. It's just got to be on the list, doesn't it? You're going, because like the old saying, the way people see you do anything is the way they think you do everything. Mm. So yeah, you walk in that house, you're going, this guy's unbelievable. And then, and then he gives away, you know, th draw for three bottles of wine. And he said, Hey, if I only get 12 people through, everybody gets a bottle of wine. And then he goes around or one of his team members drops the wine off himself, gets to know them a little bit better. And I could go on and on, but that's an example right there of pre-sale. These people haven't committed to working with him, right? right? And I don't care what it is we do from a marketing strategy. We can all get creative in how to blow people's minds. How do you separate yourself from everybody else? How do you deliver the unexpected? So he's, he's figured that out. If you, you look at during the sale, that one's probably the easiest. We've already talked about, you know, keep yeah. them up to speed. If you're working with a, a buyer, like every single morning, you know, sending out new listings, you know, we can go on and on about that, but that's probably the simplest one. Right. And everybody sort of gets, I think the sale part, but then the post sale, 
I think is the most important because I've always said that it's what you do after you've done what you're expected to do that will ultimately determine your results in life. And I find that so many people finish a sale, get paid, and that's sort of the end of it. But we've created a strategy called the Lifetime Referral System. We refer to it as LRS. And if you follow the system, which is really a 33-point touch system after the sale, that if you have 100 people in your database, it'll get you 20 deals. And we have, we have done this with thousands of people. You know, so if you've got 200 people, you're getting 40 deals. 300 people, you're getting 60 deals. Well, that's a lot of business, right? Um, and it just includes things like every year they get a full up-to-date DRM or, or CMA on their property, right? So everybody knows what the home is worth. You have a couple of really cool big in-person events a year. And it, it's everybody's heard of the strategies before, but what we do is systemize them, right? So you've now got a system. So here's what's happened January, February, March, April, May, all the way through the year. And then sometimes you need to enlist some people to help you with the execution of those, right? Because you should be buying and helping people buy and sell real estate. Um, so with this system, what it does, it actually gives people certainty. So what's cool, and I know you talk a lot about, you know, the theory of, you know, moving to sort of an entrepreneur. And if you, if you look at this system, that means that if you follow a system like this, if you've got 100 people in your database and you're standing in January, you know you're going to do 20 transactions from that because when you track your past, you can predict your future, right? Uh, so that's why I mean, like the, the three areas, there's just such yeah. opportunity there. And I find a lot of people, you know, they're, they're missing that right now. They're thinking that service doesn't matter. Service has always mattered. And I think service matters now more than ever before in history. Yeah, so I hear you, you know, we're talking about customer service, but, you know, uh, you're, we're also talking about another word that seems to be, um, you know, very popular just in, in every walk of life, and that is creating experiences. So um, you're really, so, so is that one way customer service is evolving? Is, 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 is customer service, I mean, I think the term service and customer service is still very, very important, but it seems to be kind of evolving where it's also kind of an experience at the same time. Do you, do you yeah. agree with that? I agree a hundred percent. Actually, it's, it's interesting you said that, Greg, because my wife who runs a company with me, uh, we started it together and uh, she, she doesn't use the word customer service. She uses the word customer experience. Yeah. I so that's very interesting. You were, yeah. I, I, you were sharing I was actually experiencing more of yeah. the experiences that were being created. And, yes. um, and and that doesn't take away from the service because I actually think that might be a higher level of service. Yes. It was it I was uh I was staying in this hotel. This was about two two years ago, I'll never forget. And it was such a good lesson for me, right? Because I love when somebody surprises me, you know, and and you know, I spent 21 years sort of on the road. Right. So I've stayed in an awful lot of hotels. And, uh, so anyway, I go down for breakfast and the guy's name was Darren. I'll never, I like, cause he had a name tag on and, and uh, I actually thanked him so much afterwards, but I walk in and I sit down at the table. And uh, so I'm, you know, looking at the menu and, and he said, sir, he said, uh, would you like a newspaper to read? I said, that'd be great. So he names off three newspapers that he had. Now, most hotels, when you go into the restaurant, they're sitting right at the front, right? You just pick one up, you know, and, and walk in. But this hotel, he didn't do that because he was creating a customer experience. He wanted to ask me if I wanted a newspaper. So he walks away, gets me a newspaper. Then I order my breakfast and it was called, I don't know, Healthy Start or something like that. And it was egg whites and tomatoes. I don't even remember. But, you know, it was just a late breakfast in the morning. And after I, after I order, he said, uh, you know, I've always thought that this particular order should come with toast. 
He said, would you like an order of toast on the house? I was sitting there and I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'd have an order of toast, right? On the house. And he walks away and I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't doubt at one time that toast was on that menu and they took it off just so he could do that. Right. And I'm going, that's what I mean by the customer experience. And, you know, I might be totally wrong about that, but I wouldn't surprise me because they moved the papers away. So you don't just pick it up. He asked you, there's no toast and everybody, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people have toast with breakfast. Right. And I thought to myself, man, that's brilliant. And those little things created a whole different experience for me, yeah. for me, I should say. And you know, what's interesting is every time I go to that city, I stay at that hotel hmm. every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's a great example of what, what I was thinking is that we all know that, you know, you can go out there and you're a new agent or you're just getting started and you can hustle and hustle and hustle. And yeah. you're going to, you're going to get what is coming to you. You can get established, but the way you actually scale, the way you actually grow is to now get the advantage of getting, getting deals at some point from stuff you've already done. So that past client sends you a referral, that person that you are, you know, really, really communicating to um, with good content through your database now is sending you a deal or they become a deal. So you keep doing what you're doing, keep hustling, and you're going to continue to increase your skills and in your in your volume. But then you start getting paid down the road for stuff that you've already done some point in the past. And that's that's how you continue that trajectory of growing without having to continue to find more hours to work every day. Yeah. Well said, you know, yeah, there's a compound look, effect. Yeah. Yeah. A compounding effect. Like, you know, think about it. People out there in the world can open doors that we could never open ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, and I'd rather have a hundred people that I have true advocacy with that are, you know, that are so excited about what it is that I do that, you know, they're throwing my name around, calling me like, what a beautiful thing, right? Isn't that what we all work for eventually? So we don't have to grind as hard. Yeah, that's right. Well, good, Brennan. Well, I think that's a wrap, man. That is fantastic. I mean, we really dug deep into customer service. Um, and, and, and I tell you, I, I'm leaving, you know, with, with, with something that I didn't have, you know, before we started this conversation. And so I appreciate the, the, the conversation you had. And I'm really going to be thinking about that customer experience. And again, we've all been talking about creating experiences, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, I, I, I made a connection today through you that there, there's a connection between service and experience. It's not a detachment. Mm -hmm. It's not two different things. It's Mm -hmm. actually, it's really part of the same thing. And, um, and I'm going to kind of ponder on that quite a bit, but, um, what's, how can people reach out to you? Your company is, um, it's Richard Robbins international, which is a coaching company. Um, how can they, how can they find you if they want to learn more from you? Yeah. The best way is just go to our website. It's Richard Robbins, uh, international, uh, Google, it'll give all the information about what it is we do there. Um, and that's probably the best way they can, they can find me on Facebook and Instagram, you know, just using my name as well, but probably the website, it's, it's pretty informative, our website. Right. Uh, so that's I watched the best some YouTube videos of you. So I know there's YouTube uh, videos of you out there too. So for those of you that yeah. like to watch that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And there's actually a podcast where, cause we're on a podcast. It's called the Richard Robbins show. And, uh, it's really the story of people that have, you know, become really successful, but the, the story is more about their journey. I love to hear people's journeys, right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, people that have gotten a certain level of success and we all look at them and think, boy, aren't they the lucky ones? But when you hear the story, you're going, boy, they paid a big price for that. 
Yeah. So uh, it's available right, yeah. as well. We'll tune into that. Have you um, just have you um, listened to um, how I made this podcast? No. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, I have to share it with you. Yeah, it's how I built this, and that's going to talk about. Um, you're going to have all the big companies that, you know, iconic companies that are global companies out there. And it just, they talk about, they interview, you know, maybe Schultz from, um, from Starbucks and, and they talk yeah. about like the first thought of a coffee bean or, or coffee and all the, it, it's full of failures. And then yeah. after, somehow it, it made it. So, so you're yeah. and your podcast is, tell us the name of it again. Cause I want to make sure people tune in. Yeah, it's called the Richard Robbins Show. Good. Okay. Uh, but I'm. Hey, thanks for mentioning that, Greg. I'm definitely going to check that out. Oh, you're going to love this one. You're so going to love. It. Hey, like this is this is everything we talked about here, buddy. You're an advocate of that podcast. You just <laughs> sold me on that podcast, right? It all works the same way. They're obviously doing a great job. You love it. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's exactly yeah. what we talked about. Yeah. Well, good, Brennan. Why don't you this down? Yeah, so um, appreciate everybody tuning into this one. Richard, thank you again uh, for coming on. Uh, Greg, ride through Facebook is probably the quickest way. And uh, look forward to uh, talking with you soon, uh, Greg, and get another great guest on. Well, thank you so much, Richard. I, I really appreciate it. And um, you've got some great uh, messages out there. I think more people need to hear, your, hear, hear what you have to say. Thanks so much. It's been my pleasure.